are in meditation, cultivation of a kind of stillness or relinquishment of, uh, of movement, unnecessary movement. Now this brings around change, as we normally associate change with lots and lots of movement, moving around, change comes through, deep change comes through stillness, and it's associated with pleasure, there's a shift from the driven movements, object-oriented, get this, make that, stop this, change that, object-oriented, making things move, stillness allowing the heart to move, shift, change, follow its pleasure, not sense pleasure, but heart pleasure, it's a very important principle, the heart, because that's what both nourishes uh, the tired states or the anxious states or the fretful suffering states it helps to feed depleted heart worn out broken hearts tangled hearts crushed all this kind of stuff goes on <laughs> and it's uh, it's pleasant it's nourishing it also gives you uh, eagerness to uh, further pursue it. If it's agreeable, you want to do more of it. Mm. Whatever it is, and particularly these pleasures arise through non-grasping, it's a wise pleasure, releasing, and this is the furthering vehicle. Buddha says, I teach pleasure. Nibbanam paramangsukam. Nibbana is the ultimate ease relief, that kind of pleasure mm. and of course there are different moderations of pleasure in Buddha Dharma there's Pamoja, gladness a more brisk uplifted uh, uh, piti refreshed zestful bright, sukha ease, comfortable, settled these are some of the three most obvious marks of it and uh, exactly so we want to be free from suffering result must be some kind of ease, comfort and though this understanding would help to moderate uh, and a practice you touch into the agreeable, the relief, the ease, or is a mind still kind of looking the wrong way, looking for sense pleasure or pleasure in doing and being and having and making, or is it something that's coming from instructing it to look at the ease? 
whenever a moment of agitation subsides mm. or a fear is allayed oh. irritation is resolved, relinquished not suppressed but enough of that get bigger than that don't get snarled up in the tangles of the world tangles of social contact comparisons and contrasts who's right and who's wrong lift beyond that we're all human means human to be human means to be a to be a failing <laughs> everyday failing fail a little better every day <laughs> on one level you know on that kind of mundane level I really this big heart humorous warm it's rather like you know when you you do it in the right perspective. See the human, the personal, mundane, the proper perspective. It's rather like, um, you, you know, you're bigger than that. It's rather like holding a baby. The baby's kind of kicking its legs and wriggling and doing what it does. And then you feel a sense of, oh, it's alive. Rather than trying to make it tidy and neat and well-dressed and well-articulated. It's kind of a bit... You know, if it's a bit kicking and screaming at times, you still, well, okay. Your response to that is not shut up, straighten up, but hold it carefully, hold it carefully, hold it carefully. Goodwill. And this turning of goodwill is a very uh, important and crucial turning because it's one of the easiest uh, heart energies to access. It's not that subtle. We can do it for a bird with a broken wing. We can do it for a slug. <laughs> you know, you don't want to crush it. You let it go its way. We can do it for other humans. And it's turning. But to do it, you have to step out of yourself, in a way. <laughs> That's why sometimes it's most difficult to experience it towards myself. We take ourselves so seriously and so you know, anxiously to make sure we're doing it right, getting it right and being what we should be and never proper, you know, correct behaviour, correct this and the other. Well, wait a minute. You know, could this, even that kind of aspiration to speak clearly and to act clearly be held with a certain sense of encouraging warmth rather than critical? This is such a transformation and such an important move to make because um, we all know the critical mind and that's basically how we've kind of been trained really in our lives you know, criticism punishment withdrawal of warmth get it wrong, not going to talk to you Get it wrong, get punished. Get it wrong, get screamed at. So withdrawal. So eventually, you, okay, you know if you get it wrong, it's going to be some bad news. 
coming your way. Uh, but you realize if you want to learn, <laughs> how can you learn without getting it wrong? Otherwise it wouldn't be learning, would it? The person that can't fail isn't going to learn, are they? Consider it, because if you got it right, you're not learning. Right? You're, the learning process is that uncertain, well, this, that, whoops, oh, well, that was it. Yeah? That's why the Buddha says it's great gain to really see a transgression as a transgression. So this is progress. Uh, and so that, that is not kind of justifying it. So this is you're dealing with a conditioned process. It's very important to cultivate that, also to know what what does it mean getting it wrong. Powerful words, right and wrong, aren't they? They carry incredible um, power over us. Justification, the moral grandeur, the more high moral ground. hideous territory and then the cringing failure rejected terrible terms <laughs> when they're held in that way aren't they? and I'm sure those kind of impressions are stamped upon us pressed upon us however subtly and it's pausing the ability to pause and lift that's the sign of the learner. The learner can always pause, lift. You should do it frequently. You're doing anything with your hands, craftsperson, painter, writer. You write, you look at it, check it, pause. That's enough. What was that? Mm. No, no, just too much, not quite there. No. Do that frequently. You don't consider it a negative. Quality, it's a necessary supervision. And so there's a kind of, there's movement in there, but it's not just the movement of, you know, running forward, it's a movement of wisdom. Wisdom as something that surveys, scans, assesses, and what do you notice? Okay? Thoughts are deceptive. We can blame, we can judge, we can say we're right, we can say we're wrong. Thought can tell you any old thing. Yeah. As we notice, you know, people can justify terrible things and they can also completely miss out on beautiful qualities. Thinking mind is not very accurate in terms of self-assessment. Probably more accurate, heart qualities of Feeling grim, feeling tense, feeling stale, feeling stagnant, gloomy, locked, or bright. Heart tones. As you're practicing, noticing those heart tones. Cultivation of goodwill on a subtle level, not just about towards other people, but maintain that heart tone as you're cultivating. Maintain that heart tone around. And noticing when you get to these dull places or tense places. Mm. 
pause, lift, lift, what's happening? Fighting, painting, flustering, breathing. The quality of this wisdom is kindly. And that kindliness is not a word, it's an energy. It's a warm, steady energy. As you know, when you feel it towards others, you feel grateful or compassionate. You call it warm and it's just a word, but you know that, that quality. Different tone, isn't it? It's not abrupt. It's not functionally, you know, because that functional abruptness, it's got a no hurry. Mm. And it's spread, and it's spread. And the beauty of the chitta is it has this quality. And it's got a suffusive, pervading quality. And that becomes more apparent when it becomes still. Strange enough, the still chitta is it's got a subtle movement to it, which is energies of bright warming. It's rather like, you know, so you can have a flashlight or a torch in your hand and run around looking at things, or you can have a simple light that's established in the ground that just radiates. Both have light, but as a light that also comes from stability. The radiance, you can feel it. You get steadier, energy picks up, cleaner, brighter. And one of the most fundamental ways of sensing that is in the warmth of the heart. Goodwill. You rise up from enmeshing in yourself. And sense what, trust what the goodwill will do. Goodwill is kind, compassionate, or glad, gladdened, appreciative, or it's serene, equanimous. The different tones to it, different colorations of that radiance. Notice it, which one liberates, unlocks. And sometimes you don't have to do much at all. I was looking at you know, these cages around my cootie, which are there uh, for the rats to nestle in. <laughs> we have a rat uh, eviction policy, and they get it. Obviously, rats have got to live, so, but you know, don't want to hurt them, but. And it's like chewing, chewing the wood on your cootie. You're thinking, you know, has to take a stand. <laughs> Trying to chew the bottom of my cootie out. Oh, please, rats, let's not. So get them some cages out to capture the rats and take them off to some more natural place. Of course, the rats are pretty savvy, and they generally, you know, neatly skirt all the traps. <laughs> I circumambulate them. I've never seen a rat in a trap yet, but they, they're there if they want to. Mm. 
and Dan gives them libations of peanut butter and things like that. One morning I'm hearing this kind of clatter, 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 clatter. Oh, something's in the trap. Go there, the magpie. It's a magpie around my coot. He's got a broken wing. This magpie can't fly, so he hops around. And he got stuck in his trap. The trap had closed behind him. This magpie stuck in his his trap. You know, it's a box. It's not got any fangs on it or anything. So it's simply a harmless trap. Okay, magpie, well, open the gate that mag- for the magpie to get out. Magpie's so freaked out that somebody's picked up the cage. Magpie's fluttering, fluttering, fluttering. Get out, magpie. Magpie's frightened. So, I'm going to put my hand in there and magpie will even more frightened. Best thing to do, just give it a little shake. Magpie's even more frightened. <laughs> it's cluttering up the closed end of the cage. <laughs> so, okay. Put the cage on the ground, open the door, walk away. <laughs> so me, with good intentions, trying to drag the magpie out doesn't help. Me, with compassion and concern for the magpie, that cage didn't help. Basically, it's just a open the space, step back. Magpie calms down. Mm. finds its way out. Mm. So what's the cage? The cage is our identity. You go in there, picking away at why you're like this, and how you like that, and you shouldn't be this, and we give like that. Chitta just gets more agitated. So you open it up, lifting. Not careless, but careful lifting. Mind of goodwill remains possibility for the chitta to open out and it starts to feel very healthy like that clean it's got a vibrant quality to it pleasant so using Degrees of stillness, but it's not rigid. Because within this stillness, you begin to detect constant movement, which is not the movement of the will making things happen, it's just the movement of nature. And you know, simply speaking, you have the bodily vitality, which is just you know, associated with breathing in and out, but it goes beyond that, it's a sort of energy, vitality, moving through the body. Body sense, you can check that. And that's a practice in its own right. You know, if it's just stuck in your belly, stuck in your head, you need to widen your attention and scan more fully over the entire body. The vitality as you breathe will then spread through the entire body. It means a certain softening of the body, relaxation of tension, willpower, but not an abandonment. Goodwill, say. So it's not not just a complete, you know, abandonment, 
but not a driven willpower, but more like a quiet goodwill, which could be anything, like could be just openness, with no pressure. It's the removal, primarily, of the forces of ill will. And these forces of ill will, now they become obviously are personally configured, but the social force of ill will is the command. It's the you should, it's the you that's the that's a form of ill will because behind it comes if you don't there will be punishment, rejection. So often imperatives have behind them the shadow hostility. And yet we're saying there is something to be done, but the quality of the imperative is an encouragement rather than a command, an invitation. So just be on the lookout for these socialized forms of ill will, the demand for progress, the belief in straight lines, you can go from this to that to this to that to this, you know. The sense of speed, how fast, how slow. These comparisons in this sense. All you need to assess really is suffering, non-suffering. Skillful, unskillful. How does that get moderated? The rest of the measures you put away. The goodwill mind is called the appamano, no measuring. Mm. measuring creates the cage at the same time just not on looking doesn't do the work so it's an application not of willpower but of goodwill or the removal of ill will <laughs> look out for the closet forms of ill will it's an idea of what will become Fear that you won't make it, thinking you're missing out on life. Yeah. These notice the tonalities of those. You've got a dismal downbeat, don't they? Yeah. Stuck. Have to do this every day. Stuck for the rest of my life. Stuck in this. <laughs> No more fun. Stop. <laughs> Wrong tune. <laughs> Convincing, but wrong tune. <laughs> Just, yeah. Life is breathing. Doesn't it? Life breathes, life flows. Yeah. Moment's uncertain. Next moment happens by itself. Ease, ease, ease. Moving out of the worldly time frames, currents, imperatives, checkered flags, goals, sustaining goodwill. Quality of goodwill, the energy of goodwill is particular vibrancy to it. Pick that up. Chitter is warm by that.
but it's cleaning, cleaning. Equanimity, just oh, it's going through this now. Well, we just have to be here with this. Things are gonna, you know, no point putting pressure on it. Now with this, we can be cultivating in the stillness because the stillness you're taking away the movement of the will towards, you know, sense becoming towards its own programs, its trajectories, its timetable, its schedules, its yeah, its conceivables. You know, can I get to stream entry? Whatever you know. So you've got a little kind of to-do list or program. That already, there's no goodwill in that. Also means was encouraging to get close. And you know, so if we say, say close attention as a sort of microscopic focus of the mind, but I would suggest, yeah, that could be useful, but it could also rule out quality of um, responsiveness like you're studying something on a page you don't expect the page to respond you know we've trained that kind of attention screen page it's a thing you don't expect it to respond if you contemplate your own body mind processes in that way like it's a page yeah, you can get some good details in there, but does it really end the stressing or the suffering? Could there also be that kind of attention which is much more associated with heart? This is where it gets sore. So you like reading a pulse. This is where it feels hot or sore. That's quite detailed. This is where it's kind of nagging and stuck. This is where it's really dull and heavy. And in response to that, how do you find a place where that can be freed, that can release? General strategy I would suggest that you extend your attention from places in your heart, your body, your mind, lift out of the identification with them, in something wider. So all relaxation is associated with a widening of attention. 
You have to do that to take something, your attention has to widen, right? And receive. So widening your attention. So here's this kind of tangling argument in my mind, in my thinking. Widen your attention, you get a sense of, wow, some thinking moving along there. Energy's quite choppy. How does that feel? So when you wind your attention, it's rather like if you're in a you know, an airplane and you lift off the ground you can see it better. Like all the the Iron Age fort on the hammer wood, nobody knew it was there. We walked around it, people planted trees on it, nobody knew there was an Iron Age fort there because they're much too close to the ground. The advent of aerial photography, they flew over it, they could see the shape in the ground, which was the old buried mounds and and um, ditches, which you couldn't detect when you're walking around in it. Right? And that goes against our logic. You think to see something, you've got to get really right up close to it. You go right up close to that ground, all you see is a speck of dirt on the end of your finger. You wouldn't see the Iron Age fort. You have to get 100 feet up, and then you can see the pattern. Right? So that's the lifting out of the detail. You can still see the detail, but you see the pattern. Oh, there's that pattern. You know, that thought is related to that emotion. You know, I can even feel the effect of it in my body. And you're really rising. And you see the whole pattern. Ah, what's needed here is just the smooth, that whole distorted formation. Right? You've got a sheet, it's all tangled up, and you can look at the crease, you go to the whole sheet, and see, oh, there's the tangle, we just need to smooth it, the whole thing, smooth it. This is pasadi, smoothing the entire sheet. And you can find that certainly that's what breathing can do. Goodwill can do that because they are energetic forms whose nature is to be very, have no boundaries. You know, they easily flow and expand. And we're taking that energetic medium away from its normal channels, which is sense desire. You get pretty anger, you know, plenty of energy there running in those channels, taking it out of those channels, those energies, those corrupting energies, <laughs> which you may feel dismayed by or dislike, but yeah, that's not the right channel. But the energy, let's not lose that. Let's just steady it. Make it firm when it's angry. And steady it, smooth it. You can use energy of the chitta in wholesome ways. Ironing out the stuck places, smoothing out the creases. You need to lift out of the cage of identity, views, opinions, and all the structure. We assume identity is a particular thing. It's not. It's a matrix. It's a web of socially acquired 
sensorially acquired programs, psychologies, attitudes, structures, beliefs, yeah. And you lift out of it, you think, well, a lot of this is based on fear. Need to be good enough, need to be didn't see that. Well, this is based on insecurity. Need to make everything right, get it right, feel okay. Wow, that's not a good energy. Lots is based upon fear of not being good enough. That's not good energy. Lift. Really needed goodwill. Um, you know, now goodwill isn't just about sending Christmas cards or putting flowers on a tray or making a cake. It's the absence of ill will. And then, you know, seemingly that's a very modest phrase, isn't it? I'm radiating my absence of ill will towards you right now. <laughs> Thanks, that's a great, great. In space. Because what we're responding to will respond in its own right. You, know, you don't have to drag the magpie out of the cage. It will respond. Remove the ill will, it will. Chitta will begin to find. This is where I'm banging my head against the wires and the wall. This is where I'm just getting stuck in what's doing me no good. Rise up. There's room. There's room. Now, this is a definitely a heart quality to be cultivated. And with that, we also. Yeah, there's some sense of discernment in that. It's not just a blanket approval of everything that goes on. It's some discernment of it's the goodwill of the of the healer. It says, gotta stop scratching that. It's never gonna cure. It's a firm goodwill. It's a patient goodwill. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to wait, take this medicine for another week before you get well. Patient goodwill. You have to do some exercise, you want to do that. It's patient, encouraging of goodwill, but it's always marked with that moving you forward rather than dragging you, pushing, or shutting things down. There's the possibility. Things change. Everything can change. This changeability is one of our <laughs> themes. Mind that seeks security, understandably, gets a bit agitated about that. You attend to the right thing. Sense changes, the sense world changes, the people change, the days change, the weather changes. Yeah, what remains constant is one's abiding in comfort, in ease, in heartful goodwill around all that. This heart can then expand to cover the sense world, karma, personal history. It's measureless, it can cover it all. And that's why it is a, to be encouraged and sustained as an abiding. So I hope some of that 
points of that have some use. Um, let's take the opportunity to continue our practice. <laughs>